Welcome to a podcast from Food and Drink Federation Scotland. FDF Scotland is the membership body for Scotland's food and drink manufacturers. We represent and support our members on the issues that are important to them. Hello, my name is David Thompson and I'm the CEO of FDF Scotland. In today's podcast, I take a look behind the scenes at Border Biscuits. I'm joined by Susie Carlaw, who's the head of brand at Border Biscuits. You'll tell us more about the excellent work the business is doing in areas like sustainability and supporting their local community. We'll also find out more about the careers involved in running a successful biscuit company. Susie, thanks very much for joining us. Hi, David. How are you getting on? I'm fine, thank you. So let's get straight into it. Can you tell us a bit about the history of Border Biscuits? Yeah, absolutely. We were founded back in 1984 by John Cunningham, who's still very much involved with the business today, but with the aim of producing really high quality, great tasting biscuits. And I think it's safe to say we've successfully done that for over 30 odd years. We started off with four biscuit varieties, our Viennese Whirl, our Oat Crumble, our Ginger Crunch and a Cherry Shortcake. Now, three of them are still in production today, but I've still to get to the bottom of where the Cherry Shortcake went, because I think it sounds quite lovely and I've not managed to get my hands on it yet. That sounds incredibly nice, actually. I've not, I've not had that one. Who are your main customers at Border? Well, we've got quite a varied portfolio, which is really quite encouraging. So we work with all of the major multiple retailers, as well as doing a huge amount, actually, in the food service industry. Now, obviously, that's been a little bit challenging this year because nobody is getting to go to hotels or conferencing or indeed even meeting people in all of our boardrooms where you would normally find um, a selection of our mini packs. So the food service side has obviously been hit this year, but the multiple grocery side has worked out really well. And some new products such as our dark chocolate ginger bar was launched last year, at the very beginning of last year, but we've managed to secure national distribution even in a global pandemic. So we're quite pleased that in these tough times, people still enjoy our biscuits. Absolutely. And and the small packs of biscuits are a fixture at our London headquarters. So it's always well appreciated by everyone who's there. So that sounds as if the business has grown a significant amount over those 30 odd years. Can you tell us a little bit about how the business has grown? Yeah, so you know, we started in 1984 and our first retail listing was actually with the Scottish supermarket William Lowe, or as I fondly called it, Willie Lowe's, uh, back in 1990. And that was a great success for us in launching into that grocery market. And in 1994, we first started producing those lovely mini packs that, in theory, at least give you a little bit of portion control because there's only two in a pack. We then expanded in 2011 into our first travelling oven. Now, when I first heard the term travelling oven, I had visions of it going on a bit of a road tour. Now, once the engineers on wheels, and bakers... On wheels somewhere, yes. <laughs> engineers and bakers stopped rolling their eyes at me it actually just means a large conveyor belt oven which means you can move away from that batch cooking process but to be honest we all do in our own kitchens it involves baking trays into an oven cooking it to perfection and bringing it out but that that's a huge move forward for border actually and allowed us to go into that larger scale production and then in 2015 we invested around two and a half million in automating that mini pack production line and that allowed us to increase that production to over a million mini packs per week, which is a phenomenal amount of product. Um, and then last year, we also launched the bar, which I mentioned earlier, and that also involved some capital investment. So a business that has confidence in the market 
and one that really does invest money back into both the business but also our local community. That's fantastic and what, what a great growth over a, a relatively short period of time. Absolutely, I think it goes to show if you've got a great product and get into some good distribution then you can really go quite far. So let's talk a little bit about you Susie. So you're Head of Brand at Border Biscuits, so can you tell us a little bit more about your role and also what you enjoy and maybe what you don't enjoy as much? <laughs> well, very easy. What I enjoy is obviously biscuits. What I don't enjoy potentially is when you're doing the taste panel and taste test and you're on your what sometimes feels like 40th biscuit. It can kind of go to kill a cure situation, but you can never have too much of a good thing, I suppose. My role is very much looking after the brand and the brand guardian. So the sales team are used to me going, no, that cannot go out <laughs> looking like that. And make sure that the brand has a consistent tone of voice. Part of the team, you know, is all about listening to consumers and what they want to help feed that new product development pipeline. I also get involved with all of the campaigns, whether that be above the line or below the line. But then also packaging design is a huge amount as well. So about 18 months ago, we took out a huge amount of plastic packaging from our products. And that was actually quite a big design project that we went into. We also look after all the social media, export, all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's quite a big job. I've got a team. There's three of us in the brand team. But it's such a lovely company to work for. You know, I think if you can get out of bed and look forward to what you're going to be doing during the working week, then that makes such a difference. That's great to hear. And, and uh, you know, when, when you do get those kind of situations, it's fantastic to work for a company like that. Absolutely. What do you think in, in your role, what, what are the key skills that you think that you need in order to be head of brand? You've absolutely got to have an ear to the ground with regards to the consumer. You know, there's no point us making products that the consumer's not going to like. You also need to keep your eye on those nasty little competitors. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of a few folk like Balsam and McVitie's and things like that, but they are quite big players within the multiple, well, within all the markets. So we need to make sure that we are, we are paying attention to that. And then also, you know, you get to be a bit creative. I keep joking that I'm getting my crayons out as, you know, I start to draw things and then give it over to designers who can actually do it properly and do it justice. But the creativity is not just in you know, the packaging and the design and the, the campaigns that we do. It's also, you know, how we go about doing things and how we speak to staff and, and that internal communication element is a huge bit as well. So, yeah, quite a mixture of hats that you need to wear Sounds when you're like the it. brand. <laughs> Yeah, it, is, it does sound like it, and you're juggling lots of different things, it sounds like, in the role. Moving on to other jobs in, in Border Biscuit, what, what, what kind of other roles are involved, um, and what kind of skills do you think people need to bring? There is a huge amount of roles within Border, and it's not until you actually get, I think it's true with a lot of manufacturers, until you actually get through those doors and see how it ticks. You never actually know about the hidden heroes who actually make it all work. You know, a huge amount of expertise and passion goes into making the humble dark chocolate ginger. And that could be from, you know, the bakery, where all the magic literally begins, through to packing, hygiene, of course, warehouse, how we ship it out to people. But before we even get to the bakery, um, there's a huge amount of work that goes in from a technical perspective of making sure we have the best ingredients that we possibly can. We've got the right spec because the last thing we want is one day to make an excellent biscuit and we're like, we have finally got the perfect recipe. And then someone in procurement, for example, comes along and 
substitutes one flower for another. Yes. Not thinking necessarily it'll make a difference, but we've also got jobs in Excel. Now that's making sure we get better every day and that we really do have those excellent standards in place. And of course, engineering and IT. I think anyone working from home now has the IT hero on the end of their phone. Absolutely. Good IT, it doesn't break down and you don't even notice it's there. But when it goes wrong, boy, can that have an impact? And the engineers, of course, you know, making sure all the machinery and that travelling oven is working so we don't have any downtime. And then you've got the office staff who are incredibly important. You know, they look after our people within the HR team, the sales ops to make sure that the invoicing goes out and that they get paid for all those lovely biscuits. Sales, of course, who are key to selling the product, but also planning, you know, to make sure that we have the right product at the right time in the right place. So huge amount of job opportunity within within the factory from really technical kind of stuff into more creative and new product development and things like that. That, that. That's what struck me when you were speaking is that that range of skills from STEM skills, um, engineering skills, the technical skills, all the way through to accountancy, to HR, to sales and marketing and so on. So it's a, a very wide ranging set of skills that the Border Biscuits is, is looking for, I think. Absolutely. And, you know, we all have to work as one genuine team. And it's not just one department that, that takes the limelight. You know, it, we're greater than the sum of our parts. And we put a lot of time and effort in to make sure that we that we work as well as we can together. There'll obviously be arguments between ops wanting to do something very easy and me going, no, but I want it. <laughs> Gold boiled and all that sort of stuff. But it, it's all about getting that balance. Absolutely. It's interesting you talk about the, the, the teamwork and so on, but uh, late last year, there was quite a lot of media coverage around border search for a new master biscuitier. So what is that? Um, and why do you think that, that captured so much attention? It captured an incredible amount of attention. It got over 200 pieces of coverage ranging across the world from Fox News. Now, I'm not sure if that was a great thing it was just before the election, but um, Fox News into India, China. It just captured people's imagination. Now, I think there's probably a few reasons for that. Who doesn't want to work with biscuits and be known as a master biscuiteer? It's a lovely job title. But it, it's also one that's uh, an important role within Border because we want to make sure, as we said, the biscuits are the best they can be. But it's actually quite a technical and scientific role you know, understanding how all those ingredients are going to work together. And again, there's a huge difference between making it in a small batch in your kitchen to scaling it up into the factory. So looking for quite a quite a unique character that really cares about those ingredients. Now, if you said to me, you know, we're getting this type of butter and that type of flour, I would just accept it for what it was. This person has to really delve into it and understand the, the science behind it. But yeah, it did capture capture everyone's imagination. But even my dad is he's like, I've got seventy odd years experience of eating biscuits here. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you've got quite the technical experience <laughs> involved. But there is a lot of the family putting their CVs in, which I had to sift out before they got to HR. <laughs> I was going to say, is the roast still open? I'm sure I could apply. I've got none of the skills, but all of the experience. <laughs> all of the experience, which is a key, a key element. And especially, you know, especially over lockdown, I've, I've been quite a lot of biscuits. Well, exactly. You know, it's it's one of life's little pleasures, actually. A really nice cup of tea and a biscuit can sometimes just cheer the cheer the day up. 
which I think is also why it actually caught people's attention and a bit of a good news story. Last year, there weren't a huge number of them peppered around the news pages. So I think everyone likes a bit of light relief sometimes, don't they? Well, it's good to, good to know that the tender, loving care of a master, master biscuitier will be uh, um, uh, will be part of that uh, cup of tea and a little biscuit going forward. Yeah. So that, that's fantastic. And, and obviously, we we do a lot of work, as you know, uh, Susie, on education and skills, trying to get young people to choose the food and drink industry as as their career. Is there anything you would say to anyone, any young person who's thinking about choosing the food and drink industry as a career? What advice would you give them? Oh, it's such a wonderful industry to work in, actually. And it's so varied. You know, as I said earlier, the type of jobs you can go into, whether that's from growing the product, you know, from my previous experience with Quality Meat Scotland of farming, right the way through to how it's made, where it can be sold into, you know, food and drink is such an important part of all of our lives. We consume it on a daily basis and most people... We don't necessarily think about how that product gets into their, their cupboards. But when you think about everything that's involved in it, there's definitely a job and a career there for, for whatever your passion is. I think that's the key bit. I mean, finding what you're passionate about and what you love is such a critical part of anyone's role these days. And, you know, I'd hate to think that a young person nowadays gets into a job that they absolutely hate and do it for the next 50 years. Life's far too short. You've got to love what you what you do. Find out what you're enjoying, either at school or university or and on your part-time job, and just see if you can actually make that into a career. Certainly when I was at school, which wasn't yesterday, the career advisor did not give me any of these options of what you can work as in food and drink. You know, it was become a nurse or a doctor or, you know, a teacher. They never talked about what actually you can do in the food industry, and it's so so wide that I would recommend anyone to to look into it. That's a very very wise very wise words, and and that passion thing is really really important. It's really important to order as a business as well, though, because you you mentioned earlier actually one of the key things that you've been really proud of is the excellent environmental achievements that you've made as a company. So you said I think you eliminated ninety percent of plastic from your core retail packaging. So can you tell us a wee bit more about that project and also your future sustainability ambitions? Yeah, so that was one of the first projects I was involved in when I first joined Border. And probably a little bit naively, I thought, well, we'll just take out some of the plastic. How hard can it be? Well, I learned over 12 months, <laughs> it can sometimes actually be really hard to take out plastic. It was already really environmentally sustainable in the sense it's made from 95% recycled material and could be fully recyclable. However, the consumer environment was shouting loud and clear that we did have to change something. So I learned more about cardboard than I ever thought I would do, about things like grease migration. Part of a really good biscuit is butter. And the last thing you want you know, when you have products to have that grease migration that you can sometimes get if you have a takeaway, for example, in a brown paper bag, you often see that grease coming through. We absolutely didn't want that. We thought we'd found a solution, but it was a bit of a false start because it was like a coffee cup situation. If you remember a few years ago, coffee cups were getting really bad rep because they had that plastic coating and the, then it meant that you couldn't recycle them. So that was a bit of a dead end and we had to start again. But it was really working with our suppliers very closely with this ambition of what we wanted to do that we managed to get that solution. And it's sometimes just not the right 
right thing to do as well. You know, a lot of compostable films are out there at the minute. But when, again, you begin to, they're not always the most environmentally friendly. So really complex topic, but one that we felt was absolutely the right thing to do. And going forward, we're hiring a she manager, so health and safety and environment manager at the moment. And they, one of their key projects will be how does border make less of an impact on the environment? And it's an ongoing thing. You know, I don't think we'll ever sit there and go tick job done. Yeah, absolutely. And it just that, that example is an amazing example, I think, of all the different skills that you need to, to bring to it. You need to bring analysis, research, packaging design, science, all, all these different things need to be brought into something that people might think is quite simple. As, as you said at the start, yeah, just get rid of some of the plastic. But it, it raises so many other questions, doesn't it? Absolutely. I regret those words ever coming out of my mouth. Well, you, you were given the project to pay for it, so it's, it's a just reward. Another passion that Border have, I know, is the, the local community. And I, I know that they've done an enorm, uh, enormous amount of work in the local community. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, John and actually the wider wider business, we, we appreciate it's difficult to make an impact on the world sometimes. But what you can do is really make a difference locally. You know, sometimes it just feels easier to be able to do that. You know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And you know, most of our staff come from the Lanark area. And um, if we can make our the, the area a better place to live, work and be, then we think that has an excellent impact, not only on our employees, but also on the wider community. So Borders donated 10% of its profits each year since 2007 into making a difference for that local community. And actually, just last month, we passed the £1 million donation mark for putting money into the local community, which is fantastic. And we don't just do one big project, if you like. It's split, I think, across over 170 local community work that we've supported over the last 10 years. And of course, it's not just monetary impact either. We give our staff days away where they can do local volunteering and also over the covid uh, 19, we donated over 110,000 biscuits to NHS hospitals and care homes across the UK from Shetland all the way down to London because we appreciated that it was a very difficult time for a lot of these frontline workers. And as I said earlier, sometimes that biscuit and a cup of tea makes the world look a little bit less bleak. Absolutely. And that's a fantastic effort from Border for the COVID response and supporting the NHS and others. And, 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 and you know, Far beyond that, the deep links that you've got with Lanark as well, which is which is fantastic. So what's next for Border Biscuits? What opportunities do you think you're going to take on? Oh, we have got very ambitious growth plans, which are exciting and terrifying in equal parts because <laughs> the team have to deliver it. John has moved into a new role as chief executive. And then a chap called Paul Parkins has come in as the new MD. He's been in for a few months. And, I, and Paul's brought with him a huge amount of experience from brands such as Tyrrells and Nicolettes. So a huge amount of experience and some really exciting projects that are coming up, whether that be how we run the business to what products we're going to be developing into what markets, what channels we play in. So, you know, we've done great guns since it was started over 30 years ago, but I want to say we want to have biscuit domination, but we we absolutely want to have a, a good level of growth over the next 10 years. And that's absolutely something that we're, we're working towards. 
Excellent. Listen, Susie, thanks very much for joining us and thanks for sharing both your story and, and the story of Border Biscuits with us. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this podcast from FDF Scotland. You can find out more about our work and if you're a food and drink business, how to join us at www.fdfscotland.org.uk.